0: When you're not in the room, what are people saying about you? Would it be what you want to hear? And more importantly, is it what you want them saying to other people? You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast. It's for you, the busy real estate investor who wants to stand out from the crowd and attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time. My name's Paul Copcut, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes a real estate investor brandtastic and how you can apply it to your real estate investing business. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable so you can begin to implement quickly and easily to get the results you want in your business. Thank you for listening. Now, let's get to work on making you Brandtastic. This episode is going to be all about you and the importance of being clear on your brand, and in particular, your personal brand. I'm excited to welcome you to the first episode of the REI Branded podcast. But first, I've actually got a couple of confessions to make. Um, I I say in the intro that the podcast is for you, you the busy real estate investor, but actually, the podcast is actually a little bit uh, for me as well because uh, it's uh, my birthday gift to myself. I've been talking about doing a podcast for a number of years. I've had friends encourage me to do it. And finally, I thought I'd give myself uh, a birthday present this March and uh, kick it off. So uh, welcome. And the second confession I've got to make is a little bit more about what I want to talk to you about today, which is your brand. Uh, And a little bit in the uh, news, obviously, in the past few years is about fact-checking. And so the second confession I've got to make is uh, in the presentations that I used to do uh, over the years on personal branding, and I used to speak at at conferences and in large organizations on a a regular basis, I hadn't fact-checked a particular stat that I used in my presentations. And the The research came from the Carnegie Institute of Technology, and I liked it because it was uh, very relevant to what I was speaking to, which is is personal brand and the importance of understanding the kind of soft side of your skills and um, less focus or less emphasis on the technical side, because the technical side may not be differentiating enough. So the quote is, 85% of your financial success is due to Personality, the ability to communicate, negotiate, and lead—only fifteen percent is dependent on technical skills. So you can see, um, if you know much about the concept of personal brand, is you know that seems very relevant, and I, I like to use it, and I used it as an opening slide on a number of presentations and over the years. But I'd never really looked into the depth of that that um, piece of research and, and where it came from, and so I thought. As part of using it as part of this episode was to to take a look back and, and see where it came from and it 's actually over hundred years old, which kind of shocked me then first and foremost um, but i do I do believe it is still relevant um, because it really is up to you nowadays to own the definition of who you are and it's you really can 't let your work speak for itself so you're if you 're only relying on the technical skills and the technical side of your your role or running your real estate investing business, that is really probably not going to be enough in in a lot of cases. And so the, the research that was originally done was actually with engineers. And, you know, engineers probably more than some other vocations would typically want to rely on their technical skills. Um, but it, in fact, you know, even over 100 years ago, you know, the concept of Focusing and and spending more time working on your softer skills of you know the personality and the ability to communicate and negotiate and lead in particular, um, really kind of underlines uh, that you know personal branding is not necessarily a new concept. And it got, it got me thinking about some engineer personal brands. Uh, and and again, if you go back over a hundred years ago, uh, people like Edison and Tesla uh, were. Well, at least Edison has, you know, established and did establish a personal brand, and a lot of it was based on that ability to communicate and negotiate and lead. I mean, certainly he had the creativity, he had the original ideas that he came up with, and had over twelve hundred patents to his name. But he used his personality and his leadership skills and his communication skills to actually engage and and bring on board other people who kind of carried those projects forward to their success and their, uh, their infamy. Um, whereas Tesla got kind of really caught up in the technical aspects of what he, he was about and what he was developing and creating. And if you know the story of Tesla, uh, he actually ended up uh, destitute and, and broke uh, at the end of his life and never really realized the, the financial success uh, that his ideas and his creations and inventions that should probably have, have rewarded him. Obviously, Tesla now great brand, um, very effective brand, and, and, and related to that name. But if you think about, you know, Edison, he was really using the power of his products and his and branding those products and using the power of. His personal brand to influence people to help him get those products launched. And that's really why, you know, the concept of personal branding is not a new one. Um, when I first came across personal branding, it was actually a book by Tom Peters, the uh, the leadership guru um, who wrote the original book, In Search of Excellence, which kind of launched his whole consulting and thought leadership uh, career. And he wrote a book called Brand U50. And when I read this, late nineties, early two thousands, it really kind of resonated with me. Um, he actually, uh, the book came from an article in fast company magazine from two years previously, which he'd written, which, um, was called the brand called you. And it's, if you've seen it, it's, it's a pretty iconic, uh, front cover of, um, of fast company magazine. And I have the opportunity to, um, very briefly meet Tom Peters, um, at a a conference that he was speaking at, and I asked him the question around personal brand when he'd first kind of come up with the idea. And it was even two years before that article that he presented the whole idea of personal branding from a career perspective, um, Funnily enough, to the UK tax departments. So, you know, he was kind of really speaking to probably a fairly staid and, and conservative group. You know, that's kind of classic Peters is kind of coming up with those kind of ideas and really being out there. Um, So, you know, I love the book Brand U50. It it does go into, you know, it is very career focused, but it's still a great book that you could relate back to your real estate investing business. So, if you you know, there's a lot of personal branding books out there now, and I've got dozens of them on my bookshelf. uh, But I would say Brand U50 is probably still a great one to pick up and and kind of get. uh, dive into in terms of very quick ideas that you could kind of adapt to a real estate investing business and and get some actions and, and effect from it and when you look at the the personal branding approach that I follow and that many others who also have developed other, other ways of personal branding and coaching around personal branding, uh, a lot of it is the core foundation of it is ground in pers- in product branding and uh, marty newmeyer a, a branding a guy that I follow, says that a brand is a person's gut feeling about a product, a service, or a company. And when I look at that that quote, it's one that I can certainly extend further out into a person because a brand is a person's gut feeling about another person. So when you think about what is it that people are saying about you in the room when you're not there, it's formed around their opinions of you, what they've come across, what, they, what ideas they've heard from you, how you've affected them, but it's their bottom line is there's still that kind of gut feeling. So when you're thinking about your own personal brand, and what I want to do is, is kind of focus on you today in terms of thinking about that, a really great personal brand kind of focuses on three key areas. And if you think about it like a, a Venn diagram with three circles – You've got uh, the first circle is you, the second circle is target audience, and the third circle is competition. And if you kind of intersperse those or lay those over each other, and, and right in that, that center that where those three circles intersect is the essence of a, a great personal brand. So understanding very clearly those three key areas, the you, the target audience, and the competition are key. For you to have a great personal brand, an effective personal brand, and something that you're going to feel great about communicating and that people will recognize as something differentiated. Because if you took just you and target audience, but you ignored the competition, um, it's very difficult for people to compare. Um, so if they're looking at you, um, you know they're confused. They might misinterpret what you're saying because they don't really have anything to compare it against. And if you looked at target audience and competition, but you ignored you, then you know, if there's no connection for people, there's no differentiating you know you you end up being in the in the areas of commodity because there is no kind of personal influence there. And then if you looked at you and the competition, but you ignored the target audience, you could be spending uh, and wasting a lot of time and resources and marketing dollars trying to reach a target audience that you haven't even identified. So it's like a spray and pray um, kind of marketing plan, which is you know not obviously not very effective and also could be very costly. So what are the things that you can be doing? Uh, what are the actions, uh, some exercises that you can take to start thinking about your personal brand and, and in particular... Getting clear about what it is that uh, that you bring to the table that differentiate. What are those eighty five percent areas that you could be emphasising to help your brand stand out more? Well, like all good marketers, you know, uh, good marketers when they're looking at brand development, um, they'll tend to resort to feedback. You know, in a product marketing environment or a service marketing environment, the kind of thing that you'd be doing would be going to a focus group and getting uh, you know feedback as to what people think, and it should be no different. Uh, In terms of your brand uh, and in your business, it's critical to know how others perceive you uh, for a number of reasons. One is that your beliefs in how you're perceived are consistent with what people actually think about you. You know, is is that true? You know, you may have a great idea about what your uh, brand is and you think you're communicating it correctly, but perhaps people's perceptions are different. You know, is there consistency among different groups who you interact with? You, know, you do friends and relatives, for example, see a different you to the one that peers and colleagues see or or clients see, for example. And are people going to see some of these people for you know, are they going to go to um you know clients of yours, past tenants of yours, for example, and look for references or feedback? It's important that you're at least armed with some of the information that people are putting out there about you. And if there are some you know shortfalls, um then at least being aware of those can help you understand how you impact others. And even if you decide not to do anything about it, at least you, you're conscious of it and, and you can uh, plan for it. So something I would recommend that you, you do if you haven't done it is to start by going to a mix of friends and colleagues, uh, perhaps clients or past clients as well, and get some objective, honest feedback On what they think of you. And there's three things that you can ask them kind of very simply. Ask them to list the top five or six words that they would use to describe you. Now, the reason for that is that often there are words that people associate with you, but then they would also associate them with other good real estate investors. So perhaps knowledgeable might be one of them. So, yes, if you're going to work with a, a real estate investor, so if I'm a joint venture partner or I've um, got private money to lend, uh, I'm probably going to want to work with somebody who has at least some knowledge of, of real estate investing. So if you say that you're knowledgeable, um, you know, the chances are your competition's going to say that as well. So you know, that's a, what we would term a rational attribute. It's a skill that you need or it's an attribute that you need, uh, but it doesn't differentiate you. It gets you in the game, it gets you considered... Uh, but it doesn't make you stand out. So when you're getting those words from people, that feedback from people, you want to be looking for those rational attributes to kind of underline that you do have the necessary um, attributes that people are looking for. But then also you want to be looking for emotional attributes, the differentiators. So it might be that you're caring. You don't necessarily need to be caring to be a great real estate investor. You might be witty or funny, for example. It might be part of your personality. You don't need that to be a good real estate investor. And the emotional attributes are the reasons why somebody will want to work with you, work for you potentially as an employee or a contractor, or um, do business with you as a, as a joint venture partner or a private money lender. And then the, the other thing is to identify you know what's your greatest strength. So ask people that. And then also, what's your greatest weakness? And maybe just ask them why um, so that you get an understanding of that. To get real worthwhile data, um, you want to be choosing at least three or four people from each one of those groups. Um, And when you have that information, then you can start to kind of um, see if there's some patterns there, see if there's some repeatable uh, attributes and and information that you're getting that kind of underlines, uh, gives you a little bit more of an idea or a picture of your personal brand. And then you can also look to see if there's consistency amongst amongst those groups. And one of the major disadvantages in using this approach is that uh, you're openly asking for feedback, and some people might be reluctant to, to give that, or they not be as honest as they might be if the questions were anonymous. So there, there is a tool that I use with clients, uh, and you can get access to this. It's a free tool for uh, 15-day access. It's called the 360 Reach Assessment. And it does a very similar exercise to what I've just suggested you do. It expands a little bit more on uh, some other questions. It asks uh, top skills as well that they think you have. And, and people have a list to choose from. So the same with the attributes. There's a list of words to choose from or that people can add their own. What do they think are your greatest skills and why? Greatest strength and why? Greatest weakness. And then they also compare you to objects uh, or brands. And it may sound like a a frivolous question, but it's quite interesting to see sometimes the feedback that you get from that kind of data so that you get to choose two out of the four following objects or brands. One is cars, one is cereals, one is household appliances, and one is breed of dog. And you choose which two you want to be compared against and people are only asked that. They, They don't get to choose all four. So for example, if people were to pick oatmeal um, some people might say, well, I picked oatmeal because uh, it's healthy and it's good for you and, and Bob or Sally are, are good for you. On the other hand, somebody may have chosen it because you're bland and stodgy. Now, that's two very different brand perceptions. So it can really give you some, some great feedback in terms of understanding people's perceptions beyond the words and skills that they might choose. So I encourage you, if you, if you want to get into this deeper, is to use that tool. And the other thing you get from that uh, feedback is people are given the opportunity to expand on their answers. There's also an opportunity to add extra comments. And quite often, even though you don't know who said it because it's all anonymous, what you can do is lift some of that information and turn them into mini testimonials that you could potentially use on marketing materials, uh, little quotes from people on your website, for example, or on marketing pieces. The other thing you want to think about is uncovering other hidden talents that you have, or maybe not not so hidden. And one of those quite often is strengths. And I, I do find very often, or very common, that people do not leverage their strengths as much as they should. And I think the reason behind that, a lot of the time, is that the things that you do so naturally and so well, you don't actually even consciously think that you're. About doing them because it, it's so ingrained in you, and you do it so well and so seamlessly that you don't play up those strengths to the point where other people recognize them as much. And, and quite often, uh, in the feedback, when we look at the 360 that we do with people, you know, I'll sit down with a client and go through those results and say, Well, people see this as your strength. And the client will quite often turn around and say, Well, yeah, I do that all the time. And you know, I quite often say to them, "Yeah, but you're not leveraging it. You're really not playing up to that strength." Because um, if you read uh, anything by Marcus Buckingham, who's uh, one of the kind of original people around the Gallup polls and, and StrengthsFinder, which I'll talk about in a second, you know, he said, "You'll never get a strength beyond a point of mediocrity. You'll, ne- you'll never make a sorry. You'll never make a weakness a strength. You'll never get it beyond a point of mediocrity." So. When you think about that, um, you can spend a lot of time and energy trying to make a weakness a strength when, in fact, you've already got some great strengths that you can play to. So a tool that I would recommend you use is StrengthsFinder 2.0 by Tom Rath or the original Now Discover Your Strengths by Marcus Buckingham and Donald Clifton. They're both books, but in the back of the book is a, a sealed kind of little envelope, and you can break that open. And there's a code where you can take the StrengthsFinder test. And I really highly recommend it for anyone interested in kind of building their personal brand and understanding more about what you bring to the table. Because very difficult. It's very often, it's difficult for you to articulate what your strengths are. And StrengthsFinder kind of helps you do that um, through that assessment. So it takes your answers and then plots them into Uh, one of 36 different strengths that they've identified as being key for people's success. So for example, you know, my strengths are, you know, and it will tell you what your top five strengths are. So mine is uh, adaptability. So uh, people are especially talented in adaptability theme prefer to go with the flow. They tend to be now people who take things as they come and they discover the future one day at a time. Another one of mine is empathy, um, which is where people can sense feelings of other people by imagining themselves in other people 's lives or other situations. I also have ideation. Ideation is about I 'm able to find connections between seemingly disparate uh, phenomena. and then maximizer uh, I focus on the strengths in a way to uh, stimulate personal and group excellence, seek to transform something especially talented into something superb, um, and then strategic. Uh, I tend to be someone who creates alternative ways to proceed. You know, faced with any given scenario, I'll quickly spot a relevant pattern and issue and and kind of move people in that direction. So, when I look at that and I look at the work that I do with my clients, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking strategically. I look to maximize uh, their opportunities and I look to, you know, find what they may see as a disconnect between certain things. But, you know, ideation is um, what I'm. Uh, you know, coming up with those ideas. The interesting thing when you do the strengths finder is it puts those different strengths into four different strengths domains: um, influencing, relationship building, strategic thinking, and executing. And when I looked at my own strengths and then plotted those in the the four domains, it was interesting to see that you know I've got areas of influencing. Uh, relationship building, particularly strategic thinking, are my, where my two strong domains are. But I didn't have a strength in executing. Now that some people may say, "Well, okay, that's a weakness. You know, you need to work on that. You maybe need to try and get into that domain." But you know, my uh, thought and process is, "Well, no. I realise that's not an area that's a strength of mine. So I need to find other ways to get that done." So if you do take the finder and you want to know. Well, what, what do you do with that information beyond understanding a little bit more about who you are and, and where maybe you fit into the domain areas? Uh, one of the things I recommend is taking a look at each one of those strengths and looking for examples in your past um, where you've used that strength to factor a great result. Um, you know, maybe, uh, for example, it may be a flip project that you've done and you, you, you're a great project manager and that's where your strength lies and uh, is highlighted in that particular example. or uh, maybe you're great with numbers and you really kind of show the detail and, and joint venture partners appreciate that. So maybe that's something that you would um, identify as a, an example. And then create a story. Tell a story around that strength, how you use that strength. What was the situation? What what was facing you? What actions did you take? How were your strengths highlighted? And what was the end result? And those kind of case studies can be great additions again to your marketing of your real estate investing business beyond you know, maybe uh, pictures before and after pictures for example maybe you know not everybody consumes your content the same way you know some people like videos some people like images some people like written content so you know those stories could be a combination even of, of uh, your success. So it could be of you're telling that story on video. So some people will listen to the video, but then you could transcribe it and have it as a written content blog piece on your, on your website as well. So that really starts to, again, uh, differentiate you from the competition. You know, people will start to get more of a feel for who you are. They'll make more of that emotional connection. And that'll be the reasons why people come to you versus choosing somebody else. But it's obviously not just enough to be aware of your strengths. You know, take the time to discover all your hidden talents, uh, either through your own analysis or, or feedback from others, ideally both. Because you know the foundation of strong brands are built on maximizing your strengths. Um, so really take the time to get to know you and then ensure that you're delivering on everything that you do. So every interaction, every time somebody comes across you, hears of you, they make that connection back to your brand. Uh, Because as Martin Neumeier says, a brand is not what you say it is, it's what they say it is. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist that's reibranded.com forward slash checklist thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day